Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. To Looney. Looney at the left elbow, up top to Curry, right side of the logo, off the screen, takes a three in traffic. Wow. It's good! Wow! His fourth of the quarter. And it ties the game at 24. That was ridiculous. It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up. We'll bring you into the locker room and hear from Coach Kerr and the players. Highlights from the game, Warriors Wrap-Up starts now. Well, it seems like the Golden State Warriors are picking up pretty much right where they left off. Before the All-Star break, coming in 8-4-12 in and 12 games. Now they get their win coming out, have made it 9 out of their last 11 in terms of victories. They're playing their best basketball this season. They are two games above 500 as they defeat the LeBronless Los Angeles Lakers tonight here at Chase Center by a final score of 128-110. to Evan Giddings here with you on Warriors Wrap-Up as always on 95.7. The game, the number is 888 79570. Also, the Comcast business text line. Shout out to our YouTube chat as people begin to pile in after what has become another good victory for the Golden State Warriors. And also, I think a little bit of payback for what the Lakers did. Of course, with LeBron a couple of weekends ago here at Chase Center, that double overtime thriller, which resulted in a one point win for the Lakers. Doesn't necessarily feel bad to hand your rivals from down south and L on their way out of the building. Of course, an 18 point victory led by as many as 21. I think really after the first quarter, it was a game that was in the Warriors' hands. And then pretty much the question just became in the second half, were they going to relinquish a lead? Were the Lakers going to get back into it? I think at one point they cut it down to nine. But it was it was one of those games that felt like it was in the Warriors' palms pretty much the entire time. And as we discussed on Warriors Live, it should have been. This was a game that the Warriors should have won and did win. And that, to me, is valuable from multiple standpoints. Number one, you begin the second half for the final third, the stretch run, whatever you want to define it as, with a victory. Last year, remember, as they were 500, they lost to the the Lakers to begin their post-All-Star break uh, stretch, so that's certainly a good part. Number two, you climb, you climb a game um, in the standings against the Lakers, of course, because in the Western Conference, you're steering up at Los Angeles. You're now a half game back of the Lakers. You also position yourself with two games left against LA for a head-to-head type of tiebreaker, which is important if you're jockeying for position potentially, and you also keep pace with a couple of teams and even gain a game on the likes of the Phoenix Suns. So, you know, taking a look around the standings, this is something that the Warriors admitted that they're going to be doing, and we're certainly going to be doing. So Sacramento eked out a win against San Antonio. You're still three and a half games back of them, but you gain a game up on the Phoenix Suns, who are now tied with the Dallas Mavericks for sixth and seventh place. This is a game that the Warriors needed to win. It was a valuable victory, and it's one that they should have put the Lakers away without LeBron James, and they did. So 888-957-9570 is the number. Also, the Comcast business text line. What's your takeaway from this game? Because I, I think it can go a multitude of ways. And as people begin to file into the YouTube and the, and the Twitch chat, powered by First NorCal Credit Union, here's kind of where I, I, I want to start things. You know, I think there's been a lot of people that were wondering, okay, how would... Uh, actually, I think it was nine out of the last 13 games and nine of the last 11 in which they've won. How would that carry over after the All-Star break? I think the rest is something that I was not necessarily afraid of because they also got a bit of an unfortunate rest 
two and a half weeks, or sorry, pardon me, a month ago, um, when Milojevic unfortunately passed away. That was a break in the action that kick-started this particular run, and now they get a little additional rest before they get their final 28 games after tonight. So to me, I thought that Curry was a tone setter, uh, even though he didn't shoot it particularly well in the All-Star game, as it seemed like no one really cared about that game. I certainly didn't turn it off at halftime. Curry came out firing against the Lakers team that pretty much owned the paint in that first quarter. The Warriors were 6 of 12 from 3, and Curry had all of them, or pardon me, had 4 of four of 6, and then there were 6 of 15 from 2 with th- only 3 of those baskets coming in the paint. I thought Anthony Davis imposed his will in that first quarter, and because of Steph Curry, the Warriors were basically able to weather the storm. They led by 3 after 1 quarter, and from there, they pretty much cruised. So Curry, setting the tone with 16 in the first, ends up with 32 points, 8 assists for the game, also keyed the tail end of the first half run, which I want to dig into in just a little bit because I thought there was a larger takeaway as to why the Warriors were able to hold on to their at one point 21 point lead, but keep it. And I'll give you a hint. It has to do with closing and closing quarters. Also, I thought Steve Kerr and his rotations were probably more what the fans wanted to see tonight. I'm sure there's probably going to be some nitpicking about maybe too much Sharich or um, other particulars, but you look at what Moses Moody got tonight, 20 minutes, and what I think was probably his most impactful game since coming back from his calf injury. He was a plus five. He didn't shoot it particularly well, didn't make either threes, but he put one on the deck, had a nice slam on the baseline. He also had six rebounds, was a plus five. And then, of course, Trace Jackson Davis, who's also a big story from this game, with 17 points off the bench. This is where plus minus can lie because he was a minus four, I think, because he was in stretches during the game when the Warriors' defense, particularly when Sarge was in, was getting taken advantage of defensively. Trace Jackson Davis, I thought was magnificent, 17 points, 8 of 10 from the floor, all of which, by the way, in 15 minutes, including two blocks. TJD was fantastic, and I'm pretty sure he got, what, probably six of those baskets on dunks. By the way, 10 dunks in the game for the Golden State Warriors, which is something we're not necessarily accustomed to seeing uh, because they have not had that kind of rim-running target since pretty much the beginning of the year outside of Trace Jackson Davis. Um, And then you look at the starters. I mean, up and down the order. I thought the fact that the Warriors could, and this is also where I, I will give Kerr credit, the fact that the Warriors could win this game going away, which again, I believe they should have coming in, without needing to play any player outside of Stephen Curry more than 30 minutes. He only played 32 and pretty much got to rest down the stretch of that game because the Lakers threw in the white flag with about six minutes left. Um, I thought was impressive, especially considering you have a back-to-back tomorrow. You're also playing three games in four nights. It's not just you play Charlotte tomorrow, which is a team, yes, you should beat. Uh, I'm not sure if LaMelo Ball is even going to play in that game. But then also you have the defending champs coming into your building on Sunday. So overall, and again, this is one of my larger questions for the Warriors over their final now 28 games. How healthy can they remain and really how fresh can they remain? Because Kaminga only played 21 minutes. Pajemski played 28 minutes. Those are the younger guys in the starting lineup that I assume are going to kind of have to handle the majority of the load when the older, when the elder statesmen get a little bit tired. And I thought Kerr managed everyone's minutes beautifully. I thought that he was allowed to because they pretty much kept their lead the entire time. Um, but they also didn't relinquish it. They didn't give it up. There was no Los Angeles Clippers type situation. And remember, they were missing Kawhi in that game uh, last week, and the Lakers were missing LeBron. Maybe a connection there. I also thought that considering Anthony Davis was, I mean, the most, maybe the most impactful player on the floor outside Steph Curry, he had 27 and 15 with three blocks. Lakers as a team had nine blocks. Um, I thought it was impressive that the Warriors were even in points in the paint with the Lakers. And I think there was a focus, of course, on getting TJ deactivated. But I also think that Kerr did a nice job of blending this this second unit, which now has pretty much Klay Thompson exclusively in it. Pajemski's officially a starter and is allowed to play with freedom. Uh, (laughs) Missing nine shots type of freedom, but he found other ways to contribute. Three offensive rebounds, led the way with nine total boards. So I think Kerr was was in his bag, so so to speak, tonight. Uh, Clay Thompson, I thought, played smart off the bench. Andrew Wiggins, quietly, with double digits for a seventh straight game. He was the secondary scorer this evening with 20 points. Maybe tonight wasn't necessarily quiet, but the way that he's been kind of going about his business, while also, by the way, picking up number one options, I know that Anthony Davis is the best player, or was the best player, certainly on the floor this evening for Los Angeles, and is without LeBron, but on the perimeter, Andrew Wiggins is tasked with 
matching up with D'Angelo Russell. And I think Russell had 18 points on 15 shots, uh, but he made him work for everything. And I think with Wiggins allowing, or Kerr allowing Wiggins to play with this new unit, getting more space, um, making the correct plays, not necessarily rushing. He looks more engaged. I think Wiggins has been fantastic. And then also, uh, shout out to, to Trace Jackson Davis again. Happy birthday to the 24-year-old, a <laughs> a young 24 in his rookie season. He is 24 years of age. It feels like he's already older than half the roster at this point. Uh, but again, had the 17 points in 15 minutes, including four offensive rebounds, by the way. And then, you know, one thing that I do want to zero in on is, like, the Warriors, we, we know they're playing, obviously, winning basketball based on the record, and now where they are at 28-26. and 26. They've won nine of their last 11 games, which is their best stretch of basketball by far this season. But it's no coincidence that I think this team makes winning plays more than they have throughout the entire season. They won... The turnover battle tonight, by the way, only committing one turnover the entire second half. In fact, I think it was like the last four minutes of the first half, they didn't commit a turnover either. So you include all of that, you're looking at like 28 minutes of basketball, of game time with just one turnover. They also won the rebounding battle against a larger Lakers team, granted without LeBron James. And then they tied the Lakers with points in the paint after getting pretty much abused in the restricted area through the entire first quarter and Steph Curry keeping them afloat. The Warriors are making winning plays more often than not, and it starts with, of course, Curry, who's been offensively fantastic and continues to shoot the hell out of the basketball. This is a guy that actually is is on pace for, I think it's not to overreach his 400-plus three-point season, but he would at this rate, of course, knock on wood, would be the second highest season ever in terms of total threes made. And, of course, that would be behind himself. Uh, so that's the type of pace that Steph Curry is on shooting the basketball. And then, you know, you just look up and down the roster. It's like Prandip Pajemski makes winning plays. I thought Jonathan Kaminga, who it, it's not a coincidence, he was a plus 25 tonight. I thought he made winning plays tonight, even though one thing that it's... In the past, I feel like Kaminga, if he had gotten his shot blocked four times, which he did tonight. He would either fall back on jump shots, which is kind of what he did in his first uh, first few minutes. He was like one of five to start. But each and every time in the second half, he got a shot blocked. He picked it back up, put his head down, tried to get to the rim. like He was relentlessly attacking the 10. And I thought that Kaminga made smart plays pretty much the entire game, and also didn't turn over the basketball whatsoever. And then ho-hum Draymond Green in 21 minutes, who also, by the way, made his first second-half three-pointer of the season, which is not something that we have said too often. In fact, he hasn't even looked at shooting threes in the second half, but he did. He drained it, plus 19 in 21 minutes, had 8, 7, and 5, a classic Draymond Green game. So overall, you know, I think everyone was was solid, and that's the type of team effort that has becomes synonymous with the Warriors over their last, I would say, now 15 games going back before the All-Star break, back to about January 19th. This is the kind of basketball that they've been playing, and it's been impressive to watch, and I'm just curious what everyone thought about the game tonight as well as where the Warriors look like they are headed. So 888-957-9570 is the number. Evan Giddings with you on Warriors Wrap-Up. Let's get out to Tracy. Talk to our man Drew Down. Drew Down, my man, how are you? What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Evan? Uh, great analysis uh, so far. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up everything you're putting down. Uh, it was a big win. I know LeBron wasn't playing, but I don't know who sings that song. But I don't care because if anybody <laughs> from the Warriors were missing, we would get. They would get. You no, know, n- nobody would feel sorry for us. So, boohoo! Yeah. LeBron was out. Big win for the Warriors, and I definitely echo your sentiments about the rotations. I thought Kerr went to the bench early and often, um, and definitely, you know get through some players and kind of see, you know, who's who's playing well and, and definitely played off that. Um, Steph obviously came out cooking. He definitely carried us, you know, through that first quarter. And then uh, AD, in, the, in that first quarter, he was definitely cooking. He was getting a lot of – way too many shots at the basket. Shout out to AD. He was, he was cooking in that first quarter. But I thought, you know, as the game progressed, I thought the team did a much better job of, you know, trying to keep him out the paint, doubling him and, and kind of forcing him to – to shoot some jumpers, and I thought he wasn't as effective, um, obviously, as he was in, in the first quarter. And then uh, the second quarter, I thought it started out kind of shaky uh, with pause and then a lot of uh, a lot of youth out there. I think that might be a spot where when Chris Paul is healthy, 
you know, mm-hmm. kind of help maybe stabilize stabilize the team at, at some point. But they obviously finished the quarter uh, great. But I definitely thought the second, you know, the start was a little bit shaky. But then once uh, Trace Jackson Davis uh, came in, I don't know if it was bir- if it was because of his birthday or what, but he came out hair on fire. He was that roll thread and, and challenging shots up the rim that Looney just, you know, unfortunately just doesn't. You know, Looney grabbed some boards in that first quarter, but he just doesn't provide that same roll thread, uh, uh, um, you know, on offense. And I thought the Clay and Trace Jackson Davis – little connection. I thought it's been there before, but it just seems, you know, Clay relishes and, you know, letting the defenders, you know, gravitate towards him and, and dumping the ball off to, to Trace for, you know, easy buckets at the rim. So that that was great. Clay, obviously, he struggled with his shot. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say he was he was cooking, but he also, I thought he made, made a, still made an impact on, on the game and, and, you know, passed the ball around and, and played some solid D. So, you know, shout out Clay for even though he wasn't scoring, Still finding a way to impact and help the team, and then uh, Andrew Wiggins definitely was back. You know, a lot of plays where he didn't he just bullied his way to the rim, made buckets. You know, his two-way defense. He had a big block on uh, on Davis. So great to see Wiggins uh, playing that way. We're definitely going to need that yeah. kind of kind of effort on on a more than consistent basis if we're going to uh, you know make any noise. And then, uh, to echo your sentiments on Kaminga, I don't know, I he didn't play his best game on offense, but he definitely a few times I saw him draw defenders. It, didn't force it. He, sh- he kicked it out to open shooters. Whether it was a uh, you know Pajemski, I know for sure. Maybe it was Clay, Steph. He, he still it draws defenders in, and even if they're going to collapse on him, you know he's going to open up the game for uh, for other players. So I, I thought J.K. still made an impact, and obviously had a great uh, plus minus. And uh, like you said, that the turnovers in the second half, I think it was one. I don't know if they finished with with one mm-hmm. or more, but they definitely were able to get some a lot of rest. You know, for some key players, we got Charlotte tomorrow. I know they won four in a row, but we got to keep rolling. The margin for error on, on for this team is slim to none. So even though Charlotte's been winning back to back, we got to find a way to beat these teams and keep trying to you know claw and and climb our way up the standings in any, any way we can. Thanks, Evan. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Drew. Down. No, good stuff, man. I, I think. Look, a, a couple of things off of that. You know, looking at kind of the, uh, I don't want to say the, the, the nuanced parts of, of this box score, but, you know, to me, I think the decisions that Kerr made, look, obviously, anytime you win the game going away, you're, you're going to look good. Um, but but to me, zeroing in on someone like Trace Jackson Davis, like, I, I don't believe that the Warriors need to play a true five to be ultimately successful. Like, I don't think whether they have a center or not that is a, you know, a, a an amazing um, piece of this team, that's going to be the, the reason why they, they do or don't go deep into the postseason. Like, they live and die with Draymond Green at the five. But when you have someone like Trace Jackson Davis, I think it just provides a different dynamic against... Like, the Lakers weren't as big um, or didn't play as big this evening as they would be if they were at full strength. I mean, they're, you know, they're missing LeBron, but they're also missing Vanderbilt and a couple of other guys. So they weren't as big as they were, say, the last time that they played him at Chase Center. But Trace Jackson Davis is just another guy that you have to respect, um, whether it's in pick and roll. Clay Thompson, like you mentioned, is it looks like he's looking for him every time down. Like Clay was playing point guard more than shooting guard, it felt like tonight off the bench, just the way he was looking for TJD. But he's someone that you have to respect as a lob threat, Trace Jackson Davis, uh, Davis is. He's someone that on the defensive side you at least have to be aware of because he has the ability to block a shot. Uh, and, th- and those are things that, I, I hate to say it, but those are things that Kevon Looney either has not or he just can't provide for you um, that has not this season. I think that Kevon Looney's still a better like defensive. He probably is a better rebounder as a, as a you know as a player than TJD at this point in his career. Um, but I'm to the point now where I think that Trace Jackson Davis, the way that Kerr used him tonight and has used the five position over the last couple of games, even going back before the All Star break. I think is what we're going to see moving forward, which is Trace Jackson Davis getting the first crack at the five off the bat. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And getting 10 to 15 minutes a game. Like, I don't think he's going to play 15 against every single team. He might not play 15 against Charlotte tomorrow night because they run a little bit small. Um... And, and play with, with wings. If I was looking at their box score correctly, I mean, they, they got this guy, uh, Noah Richards, who's, who's who's a big, he's, you know, pretty good. Um, but, you know, the majority of their, their forwards, like, they play with wings. So tomorrow, I don't know if we'd see 15 minutes from Chase Jackson Davis unless it's a blowout. And, you know, that's something I'm, I'm perfectly fine with. But I think that Trace Jackson Davis needs to be playing more than Kavon Looney at this point because at this stage in the season with 28 games left... I'm just not sure how much rope is left for me to give to Loon. Um, I guess maybe the only hope would be that Looney's course played in however many X playoff games, and that's someone that can at least you know provide experience in certain situations. Um, but in a way, I feel like with how much the Warriors are reliant upon a, I guess a, a true center or the ones that they have, I'd, I'd rather lean towards TJD than than Loon. But again, I think it's kind of splitting hairs because if the Warriors are to be successful, again, I think it's it's Draymond or Bus pretty much at the five um, if they're playing a quality opponent that's at full strength. So 888-957-9570 is the number. Evan Giddings with you here on Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, let's get out to uh, Hibba. Let's get out to Hibba in the Bay. Hibba, what's going on, my man? How are you? Hi, I'm good. Um, so yeah, um, it, I, I just think it was a great, uh, great game. Uh, a lot of teamwork. Uh, oh, Jonathan Kuminga, you know, um, yeah, Jonathan Kuminga, you know, he's been um, he's been phenomenal, especially the past couple of games, um, yeah. averaging I believe almost 20 points. Um, Brandon Podensky had some nice strange threes as well. Um, Tracy Jackson Davis also, you know, someone who uh, is like one of the top rookies, I believe, in uh, blocks. Um, you know, I feel like he's going to be. Uh, very effective on defense for the Warriors uh, and their future. Um, and then, you know, you obviously had Steph, you know, scoring 30-something, I can't remember, but, um, you know, that's, that's just your your average Steph game. And then, um, you know, Draymond being great at, uh, you know, his defense. Um, and then Jonathan Kuminga, even fun doing uh, some playmaking, you know, besides his defense. Uh, he's a great playmaker, you know, and I think that's very important. Um, especially when you have a lot of young guys on the court. So I just think it was a great team effort. And if Oh, sorry. I think we lost you there. But no, point taken. Yeah, I think this was this was a team effort. I think this was a, a team win for Golden State. And something that also caught my eye, like a big reason why I think the Warriors have struggled not just in the second halves or the fourth quarters, though they've blown a lot of leads, um, but to me, the, the one area that they, and I, I haven't done enough digging on this statistically to, to fully back up my point, but it's something I've kind of been leaning towards a lot this season when they have blown leads, and it's have the Warriors been able to close quarters consistently? That's not something that I've seen in games like, for example, the most clearing one is against the Clippers before the All-Star break, right? Before the half, I think it was they were up by 15 points. Clippers go on a 7-0 run to cut it to 8. Okay, well, then the Warriors push their lead back up. Heading into the fourth quarter, up by 11. A Norman Powell 3 late in the third quarter gives the Clippers a little bit of juice. And then, of course, each time that happens, 
you have a chance to not steal points, but essentially keep your lead or improve it um, at the end of those sections. And that makes continuing your, you know, your, your work into the fourth or, you know, maintaining that lead, I think it makes it a little bit easier on yourself. So, so one thing I was focused on tonight was, all right, how are the Warriors closing quarters, especially against a team like the Lakers, where they're depleted, you should be able to put them away if you play consistent, I would say, you know, decent basketball like this. If you take care of the ball, you rebound, you make all the right plays or the majority of the right plays, you're probably going to beat the Lakers. So this is, to me, where the Warriors were really good tonight. If you're looking at team effort and you're looking at the the collective type of uh grouping. To me, I think closing quarters is where the war is really good tonight, and I want to dig into that further in just a moment. We, we do have Hibba back. Uh, Hibba, sorry, you got cut off there. I, I, do, I do want to give you a chance to, to make the rest of your point, Hibba. Sure thing, yeah. Um, you know, I uh, you know feel like we were uh, really good, not only offensively, as you know, the Warriors are known for their offense, but uh, defensively, like you said. And I feel like that's going to be very important, especially um, going after teams, you know, like the Lakers perhaps in the playoffs. Um, you know, as well as the Kings. Um, and if we just play like this, um, we should be we should be fine. You know, um, defense is very important, and I feel like we we ex- I, I feel like we finally found the right balance, um, not only on offense but but defense as well, and just playing well as a team. Thanks, Siba. No, I, I look. I mean, to me, I want to again dig into the last couple of minutes of the quarters because I thought that's where the Warriors essentially won this game. Even though they maintained their lead, of course, they played very well throughout. There were stretches in which they were able to kind of combat the Lakers, throwing different haymakers at them. But I just want to zero in first on the tail end of the first quarter, which was probably the worst quarter for the Warriors tonight. Anthony Davis was having his way. But a couple of guys made winning plays at the tail end of the first quarter, the second quarter, as well as the third quarter, right? So the Warriors end the first over the last three minutes on a 10-4 run. Two key things. Number one, Brandon Pajemski steps in front of Anthony Davis to draw his league-leading 28th charge, but that tags AD with his second personal foul. I thought that allowed the Warriors to get off to a hotter start in the second without AD, who dominated the first 12 minutes off the floor. Also, JK getting to the free throw line at the tail end of the first allows them to go plus six in the first quarter, right? In the second quarter, over the last three minutes, they end the half on a 17-5 run. Curry has seven. Wiggins gets a couple of baskets, including a final tip at the buzzer. That's plus 12 over that final three minutes. And then in the third quarter, they have a 9-2 run in the final 90 seconds, in which now it's Kaminga's turn for a buzzer-beating shot. As he gets, I think he got blocked and then turned around, made a nice little push, floating shot from the baseline to cap a 9-2 run. That's plus 7. So you look at where the Warriors closed quarters tonight. That's where I think they won this basketball game, and that's going to help them maintain these large leads over the course of time. They were plus 6 at the end of the first quarter, plus 12 going into the locker room at halftime, and then plus 7 in the final 3, 3, and then 90-second spurts of the first, second, and third quarters. That, to me, is where they won this basketball game because they made winning plays, they put the Lakers into foul trouble at certain points, and they got makeable shots. They got easy shots and efficient offensive looks that I thought between Kaminga, Wiggins, of course, Curry, involved in quite a bit of them. They all made winning plays at the end of quarters. And that is, to me, the key for the Warriors being able to keep these large leads. It's ending quarters correctly, not necessarily just having these 40-point you know, spurts, if they're able to close the final minutes against opponents, I think that's also huge because right now you look at tonight against the Lakers, they were a plus 25 essentially down the stretch of the first three quarters. You look up at the score, they won by 18. You're going to go back and forth, but if you give yourself an extra boost, if you can steal some points at the end of these quarters... I think you're in a much, much better position to try and keep those large leads. All right, let's keep this thing going at 888-957-9570. Evan Giddings with you here on Warriors Wrap-Up 95-7, the game. Uh, let's go out to the 707. No, uh, pardon me, 209. That's Stockton. My bad. Let's get out to Julian. Julian's in Stockton. My bad, man. What's going on? Uh, not much, man. I'm just coming back from the game, driving home. Oh, sweet. Um, I, 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 can you hear me? I got you, Julian. 
right. No, I mean, I agree with some of the stuff you're saying. Um, there were just some of those uh, – there were just some time in that second and third quarter where, like, Steve Kerr – and it's just not this game, but it's been a few games where I feel like he just is not reading the game correctly. I mean, he's got to know when we're up by that big, um, and and we just got to stop that run. He's, he, uh, he's trying to be Greg Popovich too much. Um, he's got to learn how to read it, and I feel like we – if LeBron James was play, was playing this game, we probably could have possibly lost it. Yeah, we won it by, like, he would have scored 18 to 20 points. So he, it would have been an overtime game or anything like that. But I just feel like Steve Kerr has just got to read the game a little better. Um, I mean, like, I feel like he's Mark Jackson. Like, Mark Jackson, <laughs> he just would let runs go and go. And, I, I, and, and that's why we replaced him. But Steve Kerr, I love the guy, but I just feel like he just lets these runs go too long. What do you think, man? Thanks for the call, number one. I think that's interesting. Um, look, I, I wholeheartedly agree that this is a different basketball game with LeBron James playing. I mean, thats I don't think that's uh, too outlandish of a take. I don't know if the Lakers necessarily win this game, um, but it definitely looks different. To me... I, Look, I understand that that Kerr has some shortcomings, and you know, in the past has been loyal to a fault. I I don't know. I mean, I feel like at this point of the season, and I I'm not sure if it was on Warriors wrap up or when I was filling in for Steiny and Guru, but I, I just kind of tried to start at the beginning of the season with how Kerr was coaching and his rotations looked to now. And if you're telling me the beginning of the year that by game 54, Jonathan Kaminga is going to be playing 25 to 30 minutes a night. He's going to be a starter. Brandon Pajemski, who's the 19th overall pick this year, is going to be not just starting, but playing significant minutes, closing over Clay Thompson, and also helping you win games when you're playing your best ball. Steph Curry is someone that is still shooting at an elite level, at an all-time level. Draymond Green, despite missing 20-ish games is going to be vaulting you from, you know, bottom five defense up to top five defense, which is what they've been in the last, you know, now 15 games. Um, I'm just taking a look at where this team was at the beginning of the year. Also, Chris Paul has to come back, and that'll certainly play a factor. Um, But Trace Jackson Davis is playing minutes. Uh, Quinones and Moody are kind of interchangeable, but you have another two-way guy that is getting time. If you told me that all those things were going to happen and the Warriors are going to be missing Draymond for 20 games, Andrew Wiggins was going to be a ghost for the first half but was going to figure it out, I I, I feel like Steve Kerr has, has handled this pretty well. Like, could he have done things better? Absolutely. There are instances in which you could point to and say, this guy, you know, doesn't have a pulse for this certain situation of this game. Um you know, we've talked about how the margin of error is very thin or has been very thin for this team. And so some of Kerr's decisions have been even more glaring. Like if you're getting seven right out of 10, the three that you miss really hurts you more because this team isn't as good as obviously teams that Kerr has had in years past. Um, but on a night like tonight, there wasn't a whole lot that I would critique uh, from a Steve Kerr standpoint. Now, I'm, I'm probably less harsh on him than maybe a lot of you want me to be or believe I've been over the course of the season. But I, I just feel like, again, if you told me that Steve Kerr was going to bench Clay Thompson, bring him off the pine, and replace him with a rookie at the beginning of this year, I would have told you you're, you're, you're crazy. And that you'd be winning games with that formula. And you'd also be missing, again, GP2 didn't play tonight. Chris Paul didn't play tonight. Uh, Draymond Green's missed a lot of the season. Like, I would say that <laughs> I would tell you you're crazy at the beginning of the year for all of this to happen and still be in a position where they're playing the best basketball. So uh, if you disagree with that, more than happy to hear from you. 888 We will hear from Steve Kerr in a little bit, uh, as well as getting to our hardest worker of the game. But I wanted to continue with the calls until the top of the hour when, when we got to take a break. Let's get out to Milbray. Bring on Mark. Mark, my man, how are you? You're in Warriors wrap-up. Hey, what's up, man? Coming coming back from the game tonight. Uh, good to see a nice, stress-free win for the Warriors. I know LeBron didn't play, but that's their problem. Uh, you know, nobody's going to feel bad for you when you're on the man. 
And let's face yeah. it, the, the Warriors came out with the mentality, especially I love it when Curry came out like he did tonight. When he's locked in, still looking to take the lead, everybody follows suit. And that's what we needed to be, especially in a critical game for the Warriors battling the Lakers ahead of you in the playoff, in the playoff standing. So this was a massive game, and you couldn't mess around tonight. And I love the way they came out, the mentality. Besides Curry, I thought I loved the way that Wiggins, this is the Wiggins that we need to see more of, the, the championship version of a 22 season. We need to see locked in. When he's, especially at defensive end, it leads to him being more aggressive on the offensive end. And so he was very efficient tonight, which was huge. And to me, I love the way Trace Jackson Davis, to me, I think has shown Kerr that uh, he's took in uh, Sarge's minutes. So to me, going forward, he's going to be the main guy in the rotation, cut Sarge's minutes. Trace Jackson Davis has shown, I think he's a better fit for where the Warriors are going right now. And he was outstanding tonight. Good, good birthday gift for himself to have one of his best offensive games of the season, just really attacking the Lakers inside, really punishing them, which they needed out of him. Because outside of Anthony Davis, the Lakers really didn't have a threat. If Reza, Russell are off, they don't really have anybody else uh, they can go to. They can really create their own shots and score. So the Warriors really were able to clamp down second half and not allow the Lakers to get back in the game. So all in all, a great, nice blowout win for them which they needed to take care of. And, hey, let's face it, man, the Warriors are playing great basketball right now, and they're going to continue to need to. You got a, an awful Charlotte team. I know they've won four in a row, but still, no letdown tomorrow night. That's another team you should blow out, yep. not mess around. And, hey, let's, let's get it rolling, man. The final stretch of the season here. Uh, man, unfortunately for the Warriors now, Dallas is playing really great basketball. Mm-hmm. Man, they're red hot. So, unfortunately, they're rolling. Uh, Sacramento, I, what, I think they won tonight, so – Unfortunately, those te- those teams are taking care of business, and the Warriors are going to be stuck in the playoff seats for now. So, I wanted to get your opinion before I get off the line here. Out of uh, Dallas, uh, Sacramento, which do you think is more likely to fall off? Because unfortunately, Dallas is still rolling. Um, what do you think about that? And I'll take your thoughts on that time. Thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it, Mark. Thanks for the call. I think of those two teams you mentioned. To me, it would be Sacramento. Like that—that's the team that you're looking to leap and realistically could get to the eight seed. The seven is going to be tough. I think the, the six to me would, would be out of reach. And again, like right now, Dallas and Phoenix are tied at, at six and a half, um, or I guess four games ahead of the Warriors are six and a half out of first. But I think it's going to be tough to jump four teams. Like, again, it's not just about the record. Um, and that's what all that the Warriors can control, which is, again, why tonight is valuable. Every win you get moves you closer to your inevitable goal. Like, if, I, th- I think Steve Kerr said it best during pregame today. Like, he didn't mention a, a goal as far as a seed. But once you get hold, the goal is just to play your best basketball. Because, like, for example, the, like last year the Warriors won 44 games. They were the sixth seed. This year, 44 games might get you the nine seed. I mean, that, that's kind of where the rest of the West is playing right now. Dallas has won seven in a row. New Orleans, who's the five seed, has won four in a row. Phoenix, who even who just lost tonight, is has won seven of their last ten games. You know, they, I think they're they've been the second or third hottest team going back now over a month. So I think Sacramento would be the team you're trying to leap. Number one, because, um, well, they're they're the eight seed right now, and I think they're not as good as Phoenix or Dallas. Uh, but also because they're a very up and down team. Like they're a team that can kind of get caught up in themselves. They're the worst free-throw shooting team in the league. They've blown probably as many 20-point leads as the Warriors have this year. They got an equal amount of bad losses on their ledger. I think Sacramento is a team that the Warriors absolutely can catch, even though they're three and a half games out of eighth, of the eighth seed right now. So first, of course, is the Lakers. Again, that's why tonight it's big. You move within a half game of Los Angeles, and you also get even in the tie-breaking category. You grab another win in conference. Um, and this was also something I highlighted that the Warriors need to correct, and I highlighted it in, in the pregame. You need to get wins against the West, and you need to at least show me that you can beat teams above 500. Now, I know, the, I know the Lakers weren't whole tonight, but they're still a team that the Warriors, at least on paper, looking at in the Western Conference before tonight, were 15-20 and 20 against. And the Warriors before tonight were 11-23 and 23 against teams above 500. That has to change 
if the Warriors, one, are going to climb the standings, but number two, want to show us and themselves that they can win a championship. Like, you're going to have to beat good teams at some point. There's going to be one coming in on Sunday against Denver. So, again, it's like you win tonight, you take care of business. You win tomorrow, that's a back-to-back. That's not necessarily easy, but it's a game you should win and take care of Charlotte. And then Sunday is a measuring stick game against Denver. It's all going to be magnified. It's all going to be tough. But you have to grab wins like tonight to make a potential loss to Denver, which is an understandable result, easier to bear and fall back on because you've gotten the wins against teams that you're supposed to beat. Halfway through this season, or halfway through the now 53 games, the 54 games they played, you could not say that they were beating teams that they should have beaten or teams that they could have beaten but couldn't hold on to leads against. That's where those losses come back to hurt you because at the end of the season, instead of sitting there with 50 or 49 wins, you're sitting there with 45 or 46 wins thinking about the four that you should have gotten that could have helped you climb and get out of potentially the play-in. But, of course, that's further down the line. We are focused on the Warriors winning tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers, 128-110. to 888-957-9570 is the number. Let's get one last call in before we got to hit a break at the top of the hour. Let's get out to Bob in Marin. Bob, my man, how you doing? I'm good, ma'am. Just wanted to call and say that I just want to defend Steve Kerr. Like, I've been hearing a lot of calls about how he's not doing this, how he's not doing that. Like, we have to give him a lot of credit, and I think you did that earlier when you talked about how he had to deal with injuries and he had to deal with lineup changes and convince a guy like Clay Thompson to come off the bench. So Warriors are in a good position, what you just said, which is, hey, they have to take care of business. When they play Denver, yeah, it's going to be a tougher game. When Chris Paul comes back, GP2 comes back, this rotation is deep. Like, you just got to believe they've handed us four championships. But what else do we want, man? Like, I mean, people are complaining about these guys. Like, that's just just stop the complaining and just let's just play ball. Let's just have fun. I think that's what Warriors are all about, and that's what Steve Kerr is all about. Like, the passion is going to come out. I think Moody is going to be very, very, very key moving forward. I know a lot of times he doesn't look like the guy, but he is the guy, and he's going to make the difference. That's all I have to say about that. Thanks. Appreciate the call, Bob. No, I want to dig into that further on the other side, this idea that the Warriors are playing joyful basketball. That's something we have not seen in quite some time. Last year, it was for very obvious reasons. This year, maybe it's because of injuries. Maybe it's because of Draymond's suspension. Maybe it's because of Kerr's rotation decisions and an inability to integrate the young guys. All of that appears to be done with. Like I, I'm not going to sit here and nitpick tonight all that much because I honestly don't think there was a whole lot to nitpick. Number two, I thought this was a strength in numbers type of win, which as we've seen over the last now 15 games is something that is becoming more prevalent and more consistent. And that to me is the key for the Warriors to not just get out of potentially the play-in or move up in the play-in standings, but to also give themselves a route to a potential postseason rounds round one win or round two win or I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves but the Warriors to me are building good habits right now and I want to key in on that on the other side when we return uh taking your calls line up through the break 888-957-9570 also I see on the Comcast business text line our YouTube chat popping as always shout out to the uh, first NorCal credit union YouTube and Twitch chat we'll be back in just a moment here on Warriors wrap up Evan Giddings with you on 95.7 the game Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.
Curry waits in now, throws it over to Pajemski with four seconds. With three, it's a deep three. It's on the way. It's no good. Tipped up by Wiggins. Good at the buzzer. Wiggins off balance with one hand about five feet away. Just put it up there softly, and it bounced around the cylinder and dropped through. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Evan Giddings with you for just a while longer here after the Warriors take down the Los Angeles Lakers level, the LeBronless Lakers, I should say. 128-110 to begin the post-All-Star break stretch for the Warriors, now 28-26, a game above 500 as well at home. They are a half game behind the Lakers now for ninth place in the Western Conference. Good place to be as they get the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow night, and then, of course, the defending champion Denver Nuggets to round out the three-game home stretch before they hit the road at the tail end of the weekend. Eight eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the number. Comcast business text line chiming in from the three zero nine. Warriors have put the West on notice. They're back and balling. They're certainly playing their best basketball of the season. And this was something I kind of put in on our YouTube chat, powered by First North Cal Credit Union. Do you feel like number one? This is the best they're playing. I would say unequivocally yes. And then secondly, do they have another level? Because that, to me, is the question that they're going to have to answer if they're going to play with the big boys in the West. And, yes, I mean, Le- LeBron plays tonight. It's a, it's a different kind of game. It's likely a lot closer. I think with the way that the Warriors played, they probably still win tonight. I think they probably can make a case they should have won a couple weeks ago in double overtime. Neither here nor there. The fact of the matter is they're picking up W's where they should now as they've won 9 of their last 11. They have won 10 of their last 14, and they are cruising. Uh, speaking about the cruising, and until we hear from you, it at 9 want to make sure to get in our hardest worker of the game. To me, I thought the hardest worker of the game was Trace Jackson Davis off the bench. I thought he was working hard, running pick and roll with Clay Thompson, whether it was Steph Curry. Clay, by the way, had five assists, the second highest total of assists this season for him running with Steph. I can't wait to see what he looks like as a pick-and-roll partner again with Chris Paul, who is reportedly supposed to come back during the upcoming road trip next week. So looking forward to TJD, CP3, see that high-and-roll pick-and-roll game and how that operates, as well as what he can do defensively. I don't think that, you know, as far as a one-on-one defender, like Anthony Davis was, was taking it to him. He took him to everyone who was on the block today, but for TJD to come up with at least a couple of block shots and give, whether it's guards or wings, just something else to think about when they take it to the 10. To me, I think that is important. And so for that reason, Trace Jackson Davis, who had 17 points, 8 of 10 for the floor in just 15 minutes, including four offensive rebounds, is your hardest worker of the game. Brought to you by Alameda County Sheriff's Office, who works hard to serve the community. If you're looking for a career in law enforcement, learn more about job opportunities at joinacso.com. All right, again, the number is 888-957-9570. While we line those up, let's get out to the press conference and the podium where Steve Kerr spoke a few minutes ago. And here's what the head coach of the Warriors had to say about his 18-point win. Oh, we see Steph get off to a start like that. Was that kind of built in? Were you kind of setting it up for him to kind of be aggressive offensively to start? Not, not really, but I, I think this year he's been a little more aggressive in the first quarters in general. Um just probably because the, the team is built a little differently. And uh, so I think he feels like, uh, you know, it's kind of it's okay for him to, to get going right away. This team um, can use that. So he, he just kind of sees what the game is offering and uh, does whatever he needs to do. And speaking of Steph, in that second quarter, he had a good closeout. It forced like a jump ball, and he got really hype. And then in the third quarter, Jumps passing lane, gets a steal, a couple possessions later, draws a charge. When he's making plays on that side of the ball, do you think it affects him in a way that really gets everybody going? Yeah, I think I think Steph takes a lot of pride in uh, making plays like that, you know, um, steals or drawing a charge, making a good defensive play. <laughs> that definitely gets him going and gets our team going too. Why do you think Clay connects with Trace so often? Uh, I, I think because, you know, Trace is such a good finisher, and when Clay comes off pin downs, um, people are going to, they're scared. They're going to put two on the ball. And um, he just knows that um, if Trace, after he sets the screen, if he slips and gets to the rim, he knows Clay's, or, uh, Trace is going to finish. And they've just had a great connection all year on that, that action. 
you talk pregame about how you know Chris will kind of slide into that unit. I mean, do you view Trace as kind of an ideal center in that sense, where Clay's connecting with him? Chris theoretically yeah. could pick. I mean, are, do you? I mean, Trace had obviously a huge night tonight. Like, do you see him as the center in that unit? Yeah, because he gives Chris a, a lob threat. Um, so you can see what what that unit um, might look like, and um, so it's it'll be great to get Chris back and and uh, kind of put that group together and and um, see how they do. That was Steve Kerr after the game, and I think, look, his final point in that last question is is where some people have been kind of going next to in, in our YouTube chat, seeing questions about CP3 on the Comcast business text line, and I think that's the next logical place in this conversation. Even though we're not going to see him either tomorrow against Charlotte or Sunday against Denver, CP3 is coming back very soon. And he's now missed, I think, close to 20 games with his fractured right hand, or left hand, pardon me. But, you know, how Chris Paul works his way back into this lineup, into this rotation, is something that I think is getting a bit overblown as far as the concern. Now, some of that is tied to fans and and maybe a, a reluctance to trust Kerr to make the right choices but I, I think that's a larger fear that stems from the beginning of the season or maybe even a quarter of the way through the season. I would argue based on the way that Kerr has handled the rotations, not just tonight, which I had no quarrels with, but also across this last 11 or 14-game stretch since they had the break in the middle of, of the month of January, I'm not worried about how Chris Paul is going to fit back into this team whatsoever. And I think that Kerr's kind of been prepping this second unit slowly but surely for that type of um, integration for quite some time. I think the fact that we're beginning to see Trace Jackson Davis emerge as a pick-and-roll partner is someone that can work with Chris Paul. I think Sharich is someone that will be better and has statistically been better historically with Chris Paul as a teammate and being out there on the floor. I think Klay Thompson is someone that can benefit from playing with a true point guard in the second unit. And where those minutes come from, I don't think you have to look further than the two guards that we saw off the second unit tonight. You're looking at Quinones and Moody. And while Moody's minutes are probably going to take a hit... I think that Chris Paul playing with the combination of Sharich or Looney or Jackson, along with, of course, Clay from the second unit, Pajemski's going to be in there for some of it. Um, I think you're going to see some Chris Paul and Curry combinations with Curry off ball for a little bit. I think it's going to look a lot like we saw during the 6-2 and two stretch at the beginning of the season. Now, it might not immediately equi- you know, equate to victories right off the bat, but I'm not worried about Chris Paul getting back into the fold because... I think he's a player that can help the Warriors in a few areas that they really need, specifically taking care of the ball, which they did tonight. Tonight is a perfect example of what the Warriors can be against a beatable opponent or a less-than-whole opponent, shall we say, because the LeBronless Lakers, of course, were missing a couple of pieces tonight. But if the Warriors take care of the basketball, if they close quarters the way they did tonight, and they make winning plays consistently throughout the 48 minutes— I think they're going to beat a lot of teams like they did this evening. Now, the question becomes, is Chris Paul going to help elevate the Warriors into the upper echelon of whether it's the West or the entire league? That is a question that remains to be seen, and I don't think that would be an indication of Chris Paul specifically. I think that would be a larger indication of how good this roster actually is. But when Chris Paul, when, when Chris Paul comes back next week on the road trip, I'm looking forward to him helping the areas of concern, which would be maintaining leads late, taking care of the basketball in crunch time situations, as well as having a floor general that knows each time and situation and the proper decisions to make. Those are all things that, of course, we didn't see against the Lakers tonight because it was a blowout victory, but have been things that have still, even during the strong stretch of basketball by the Warriors, kind of reared their ugly head at times. And I think Chris Paul can correct those. And I don't think he's going to, hurt this team in the way that people for some reason are, are projecting him to. I don't think that the pace is going to be as much of an issue with the second unit when Clay Thompson, who plays a little bit slower, when Sharich and Trace Jackson, who are bigger, a little bit slower, I, I think he's going to fit in with the second unit. And I don't think he's going to hurt the type of mojo that the Warriors have created. Maybe that's just me. If you disagree, 888-957-9570. Evan Giddings with you here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Let's get out to San Francisco and talk to Mark. Mark, my man, how are you? 
I'm doing well. You know, I'm really excited about our young players. Uh, they've really added so much to this team, and now Kurt trusts them, and they're starting to trust in each other. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see. It really is. Moses Moody, every time he comes on the court, he gives you 100%, and he, 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 good things happen with him. That's all I can say about him. And I'm just excited about the young players. Appreciate it, Mark. No, I'm, I'm with you. Like, Sorry, caught me mid-sip there. But to, to me, Mark, the, the young players really have given a jolt to this roster and one that, of course, makes you feel optimistic about the future and their future as individuals, but I think makes you optimistic about both this season and potentially the next um, when the Warriors are going to have to make some tough choices or are going to be in some tough matchups, potentially and hopefully in the postseason. So, you know, a game like tonight, again, this was a game that I felt the Warriors should win. You should beat the Lakers without LeBron. You should beat the Lakers without Vanderbilt. You should beat the Lakers without Wood and a couple of other pieces that are bigs, that are lengthy, that are long, and of course are as impactful as LeBron James, even if you don't have GP2 and CP3. You should win this game tonight. It's valuable because you climb within a half game of the Lakers in the ninth seed. And I think that the Warriors did that by not making this game more complicated than it had to be. I was a little concerned in the first quarter because I felt like they got jump shot happy. And Curry, of course, took the reins and really shouldered the load during, I thought, was their only real rough stretch of the game, which was the beginning. And he scored 16 first quarter points to give them the cushion necessary to figure it out. But I thought, for example, Kaminga settled for some long jump shots in the first quarter. Pajemski was taking some ambitious shots in the first quarter. You know, I, I did, Wiggins didn't necessarily get it going, I think, till, till later in the first and into the second. Like, it took some time for them to get their feet wet against the Lakers. But this is a game that if you don't complicate it, if they play simplistic, just basic basketball the way that they're capable of, I think this is an opponent that they can beat. I think tomorrow, same type of deal. If the Warriors don't complicate matters against the Charlotte Hornets, they should win going away. And then we'll see what happens against Denver because they're going to have to play certainly better. I think that maybe even they did tonight. And um, I think they're going to have to elevate their game against a Denver team that's won two close games against them in their first two meetings. So that's a matchup that I'm certainly interested in. But I think overall what the Warriors have showed me over the last now 14 games, which they won 10 of them, and specifically the last 11 in which they've won nine, their best stretch of the season, they've showed a consistent level of winning basketball and that is factored into tonight for example in winning the turnover battle and we had one turnover in the, in the second half they won the rebounding battle they got 15 offensive boards to the Lakers 10 that's not easy to do against a team that is bigger and longer uh, even without a couple of its mainstays they shot the ball well from three-point range but they weren't reliant on the three-point shot beyond the first quarter. Someone like Pajemski drawing a charge and getting the second foul on AD at the tail end of the first quarter, combined with Kaminga being able to get to the line, and then in the second quarter, someone like Steph Curry grabbing a little 7-0 stretch by himself, ending the quarter on a 17-5 run, the third quarter, ending that on a 9-2 run, taking those little advantages and wins and branching them throughout the game, I think is... A combination of winning basketball, making smart plays, and not trying to do too much. And the Warriors, while they're not the most talented team in the league by any means, that's when they're playing their best. That's when they're clicking, when the ball is popping, when it's moving, when they defensively are locked in, they're helping, they're rotating well. They appear to be a team that is gelling at the right time for this stretch run. You hope it can't continue because they're going to have to play a more condensed schedule. They're going to be playing some better opponents, especially in the upcoming road trip. But how this team is able to stay together is what I'm looking forward to because they're still growing. You still have young pieces like Pajemski, Kaminga, TJD, who was very good tonight, along with veterans who continue to play at a high level like Curry and Draymond. You have Wiggins finding himself on both ends of the floor, mind you, not just the 20 points tonight, but being able to pick up number one perimeter options like D'Angelo Russell on the other side, like other number ones in previous games. And then you have the bench contributions and you have someone like Clay Thompson being able to sort of go within himself, feel comfortably being relegated and adjust his role, for example, on a night in which he's not shooting well, to become more of a facilitator and a pick and roll partner to TJD. All of that, I thought, combined to a win tonight, but has been the equation to their success 
over the last now two or three weeks. And that, to me, is what I'm excited about moving forward, of course, for tomorrow, but also on Sunday against Denver. All right, 888-957-9570 is the number. A couple of minutes here left. I see you on the... YouTube chat and the Twitch chat powered by First NorCal Credit Union. How people are going back and forth about how good the Warriors can be, how good they can't. Again, we're judging them to me, and this is also part of it too. I'm not looking at the Warriors thinking about what do they need to do to be a championship team? What do they need to do uh, you know, to get to the Western Conference Finals? I'm looking at what they need to do to win each and every game to position themselves for the playoffs. I think it's going to be very difficult to maneuver your way through the playoffs like the Miami Heat did unless you catch one, some breaks, but also as a 9 or a 10 seed. The Warriors, to me, if they are to give a a real run at this thing, they need to be at the 7 or the 8. And to me, that is going to have to, at minimum, be 46 to 48 wins. Beverly, you know, let's just call in the middle, right? They're 47, so let's just do some math real fast. You need 19 wins the rest of the way to get to 47. That's something that, of course, is not necessarily easy, but you've already checked off one box, right? So you you have 19 wins left to get to 47. To me, that is almost a lock to get to the 7 seed or the 8 seed and earn yourself a home play-in tournament game. So if you're going 19 the rest of the way, uh, carry, carry the one. 19 and 10 would be your, your record, essentially. You're 19 and 9, pardon me. You want to go 19 and 9 the rest of the way. So that means tomorrow, Charlotte, grab a win. Then you got to go 18 and 9 the rest of the way. That's kind of how I'm looking at this team right now because I, I know it's going to be difficult to, I think, play great basketball or like, you know, 800, 900 winning basketball, which they've done over now two weeks. It's going to be hard to do that for two months the rest of the season um, and into the playoffs. But if you can just win these mini stretches, again, the Warriors got three games out of four, or three games in four nights. If you can take two out of three, and then you go to Washington, you could win. That's three out of four. Maybe you lose to New York, but you win against Toronto. You steal one of the New York or Boston games. You come home. You're able to take care of Chicago and San Antonio. Then we're looking at, again, a team that can win 7 of 10, but then can go in the next 10 against tougher opponents, maybe win 6 of 10. Then you can come back, bounce back, win 7 of 10. Like That's kind of how you have to approach the season, at least from my standpoint, in these mini kind of, um, I don't know, these, these mini sample sizes, right? It's not about, all right, well, they were five games below 500. How is that a team that's going to vault all the way back? No, this is a Warriors team that right now is taking it one game at a time. I think as fans, we got to take it one game at a time. And to me, it's why they're they're must-watch television. I'll I'll watch the game tomorrow against Charlotte because I'm curious to see how the Warriors are going to number one fair – but what type of team they'll play as? Will they play as a whole? Will they play with Curry being the individual scorer? Will it be a young guy stepping up? Will Wiggins continue to have his double-digit affairs? How will the Warriors continue to look as we move along? That is something that I'm very interested in, and I appreciate everyone that has joined our YouTube chat along with the Comcast Business Text Line called in and continue to forward these conversations um, as we wind down a little bit. Again, looking forward to tomorrow. They are going to be playing against the Charlotte Hornets. That'll be a 7 o'clock tip right here at Chase Center. Warriors Live is going to be at 6 o'clock. Mark Grandy is going to have the broadcast for you the rest of the weekend. You can catch me on Warriors this week with my guy Dan Devone. That'll be on Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 12. I'm sure tomorrow we're going to talk across 95.7 the game from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. A lot of dubs because I thought there were some interesting conversations today around Baxter Holmes' piece from ESPN talking about Lakeup, the last few years with the Warriors, the decisions that have led to the current either predicament or emerging young players and projects that they currently have, how have the Warriors been able to juggle that. That's something I'm sure we'll discuss, along with, of course, the win against the Lakers, how Kaminga looked, how Wiggins has looked, how this team has looked, how Bajemski's looked, how Curry continues to play at an elite level. And I also do want to do some digging. I'm going to tweet out uh, tomorrow. I do want to do some digging on just how good Steph Curry continues to shoot. To me, 
that is something that has flown a little bit under the radar because, again, as we're extrapolating throughout the rest of the season, Steph is on a, a prolific pace. Like, he's on a historic pace. And I know that he is the most threes in a single season. But right now, with the way that he's shooting the rock, I think he's making five or 5.1 threes per game. The next highest uh, three-point shooter per game is 3.9. He's in a league of his own, as he's always been. But he's on pace to make the second most threes in a single season ever ever behind himself and maybe just because he's compared to himself we haven't really given him much attention but if this was a, a three-point race in a season which we didn't have um <laughs> Steph Curry at the very top of the list making 400 plus threes in 2016 this is a guy that we would say oh my gosh shine a light on him because he's shooting the absolute bleep out of the basketball and I think just because of all the rest of the things that have happened this season what he's doing from behind the three-point line at age near 36 I think he turns 36 in March and he's still at the top of his game it is it is wonderful to watch so uh, I'll be putting something out on my Twitter page, at egettings10. Feel free to throw me a follow. Uh, always love talking to everyone, whether it be on social media, on YouTube, over the phone, uh, as that'll put a bow on this edition of Warriors Wrap-Up. Again, I'll be back on Saturday morning from 9 to noon, and that is going to be on Warriors this week with Dan Devone. Mark Grandy's got you tomorrow. Warriors live at 6. Tip-off with Tim Roy and Tom Tolbert against the Charlotte Hornets at 7 o'clock. A big thank you to our guy, Sterling Bennett, back in studio, network coordinator, everyone producing back in studio, chopping up highlights, grabbing cuts. We appreciate you back in the 95.7 The Game studios. Uh, my name is Evan Giddings. I will be back again on Saturday. But as always, it's a pleasure to broadcast from Chase Center for you after a Warriors win. 128-110 to is the final score. One last time, the Warriors take down the Lakers, move a half game with a ninth place in the Western Conference as they are now two games above 528-26. We will talk to you as a station tomorrow, 6 a.m. on the morning roast with Bonte and Butch from 10-2 to 2 with Steiny and Goo, and of course from 2-6 to 6 with Willard and Dibs. But in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your Thursday evening. Uh, maybe a Thursday Thursday. Who's to say? Uh, my, my go Papa wouldn't want to get home. But I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate conversing with you, as always, right here on Warriors Wrap-Up. As we send you back to your regularly scheduled pro programming, thank you for tuning in to your home for Golden State Warriors basketball, 95-7 The Game. Have a good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.